Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. is freshly roasted and ethically sourced it's music to your ears shake up the way you wake up at kingscoastcoffee.com welcome to episode 127 of star wars and scotch which will probably be the longest episode we have ever done (laughs) and the most jam-packed episode we will do until april of 2025 live from tokyo i think it's tokyo i'm not sure yeah, uh, but it's Tokyo. It's Tokyo, it's right? And it just said Japan. Yeah, it just said Japan. We're going to Japan, trip. Kevin! I know, and we're going this time. We have yeah. to go. There's no Plenty excuse. Of time to plan it out. Like, there's no excuse. So, um, wow. So much in this episode. So buckle up, grab a drink. You might want to bring a meal, pack rations, because we are on the long journey to cover all things Star Wars Celebration and then the newest episode of The Mandalorian. Thankfully, there's no Bad Batch this week. Uh, God. For us. <laughs> oh, my God. That would have been terrible. <laughs> Cancel all my meetings. Yeah, between Celebration and Mando, there's just there's so much. So Yeah, yeah. I also uh, unwittingly got my Star Wars tattoo, as you can see. Well, yeah. if you're listening, it is Hans Blaster, which is the... I'm sorry, Tim, what is it? The DL-44. The, the DL-44 um which someone jokingly said on one of the comments of the pictures they're like hey kevin what's the blaster call <laughs> i was like touche <laughs> um but it says uh never tell me the odds uh with banners and everyone has loved it so far and i didn't book the appointment on day one of celebration on purpose i was actually supposed to go the day before and it, yeah. it, everything got screwed up in my schedule so i ended up going on celebration to get a star wars tattoo the stars just aligned so um the metrics on those pictures across socials were pretty high because of those hashtags so thanks celebration nice job. um but cool let's jump into it king's coast coffee right here Tim's got, got a, his. I've got a, I got I've mine. Got you should have yours. Espre- yeah, I've got a double shot of a, a bow breaker espresso in my uh, winter wave. Mm. Just doubling up on the King's Coast today, dude. You're going to need it. You're going to need it. Yeah, I am drinking uh, May Day as I, as I do oh, most. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, has a new bag, by the way, if you haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, we went and saw Trevor. And he came, he came to play with the A's against the Rays. He didn't play. He was hanging well, he out. Watched. He got to hang out and watch his team play against the Rays. Well, his team. I don't know if his team played against the Rays, okay, but they so were his there. His team showed up and said hello to the Rays. They lost eleven nothing two nights in a row. So bad. And then but we Tim, had a great Tim, time. So the bullpen at, at at Trop is on the side of the field. It's like one of the old school bullpens. It's not in the outfield. So you can actually like 
go yell at the players. So Tim, we were sitting on the first base side. Theirs is on the third base side. We walked all around. Tim went down to the to the bullpen area, and I I wasn't there because I was holding his beer up at the top. It wasn't our seats, and then I just see him yelling, "Trevor!" I was like, "Trevor!" Trevor! <laughs> and then Trevor turned around. And you said he had the most like defeated look on his face. Yeah, he just looked at me. He was just like, "I'll call you later." And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like "Okay, bye." <laughs> so, uh, yeah, good times. Hey, had a great time this weekend. So while hey, some Trevor. of you went to celebration, we went and watched baseball. We watch baseball and uh uh yeah, kingscoastcoffee.com, get yours. Uh the cafe has the new spring menu too. So if you're in the uh, Long Island area, it's a great time to uh, head out to the cafe. Cafe's been jam-packed lately. My god. Perfect. Good. Keep yes. it packed. It's been awesome. So thank you for uh, hanging out at Kings Coast. We appreciate you. Uh and GCX tickets are on sale. We started the announcements. Creator apps are open. Uh, two announcements coming this week. I think one actually drops today, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no. She's waiting for a final approval on something. Oh. But it's on their side, not ours. Yes. <laughs> just waiting. Just, We're done. A good one. This is an exciting one. We're done. It's on their oh, side, not ours. Okay. They're trying oh, to. God damn it. We need their marketing team to say, yay, you can do that. So um, just stay tuned for announcements because we're going to be announcing creators that will be joining us there. We're going to be announcing um, where the after party will be this year. We're going to be announcing uh, some of the stuff on the floor and on the stages. So, um, cool. cool. Stay tuned. Cool. Stay Let's get into it, Kevin. Tune GCXMed.com slash tickets. So, we kicked off Star Wars Celebration in London this weekend. Um, as jam-packed as it was, I also thought it was a bit light. Did you feel it the was. same way, I too? Felt, I felt it was very light as far as, like, if it wasn't for our friends that were doing an amazing job of covering it, like, via tweets yeah. and, like, TikTok videos and stuff, I probably would have missed a lot of it because there was, like, there was a lot of panels, that, of course, really BCD um, that you wouldn't know unless you went and saw it, and there was a lot of announcements that they kind of threw up on social media, but they weren't, like, big and heavy like the content creators were making them out to seem. So yeah, um, I was one. Of the, I made a tweet about the lack of video game presence in Celebration, which I was really disappointed by. Um, we still have a lot of unknowns. Uh, last year they had a Lucas Games like panel, mm-hmm. and this year they didn't have any type of gaming panel. They had a Lucas Publisher panel, but that Publisher panel was mostly on like comics and books and everything else that Lucas is working on. Sans video games, which I was like, I was kind of disappointed on. Where you've got the was that Paul coming through the Paul? Did you side your microphone? Paul's definitely not muted. <laughs> <laughs> that threw me off so much. I just heard. <sighs> it's like wow, Kevin and Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Where was I? Shit, I don't even remember. Um. Oh yeah, video game. Talk about the Lucasfilm um, panel and all that. Lucasfilm. Oh yeah. Okay. Games. So um. Star Wars Celebration was presented by Survivor, which is you yeah. know the big Star Wars video game of the year right now. But there's still nothing else. Like we still have the Switch game Hunters that like no one knows what's going on with that game. It should have come out a while ago. So it's just like that was probably my biggest disappointment coming out of Celebration was just the lack of video game coverage. They didn't even mention the Old Republic remake. So no. in my mind, it's it's dead. dead. It has to be dead, right? Mind, it's it's dead. gone. Yeah, yeah. That's my that's my guess. And unfortunately, I hate to say that, but usually, you know, the next announcement cycle is D23 and they don't talk about video games. at D23. That's September, right? Yeah. Every yep. once in a while, they'll do it like they did. Um, they did Battlefront. They showcased uh, the Battlefront place. The, the one that I have here, the, 
the Darth Vader collector's edition. They did that at D23 one year, but yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really worried for the future of Star Wars video games. Now, the debut of that trailer, if I'm not mistaken, was Game Awards two years, two Game Awards, not last year, the year before, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, there could be something at Game Awards this year, but I'm of the mind that that project is dead. We yeah. haven't heard updates on it. I know a new studio took it on, but unfortunately, I think it's dead. So, is what it is. I'm, I'm sure at some point somebody will pick it up. I would just, you know, please, Mickey Mouse, if you could not wait till i'm in my 60s to let me play that that'd be awesome thanks but uh at the moment i'm i'm pronouncing it we're calling it we're calling it yep. it's flat lining on the table in my opinion so gone is what it is but what we did get was a litany of information on disney plus the future of cinema so much so we have broken this our show notes up into each category uh we'll talk about each thing they announced, some of the trailers um, were bootlegged, so we can't really. <laughs> yeah, but more BCB you know, stuff like last year. Wink, wink, nods as good as a wink to a blind bat situation. Come on. Uh, so, uh, but the biggest thing that came out of it was Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, we yeah. saw the trailer for Ahsoka. It debuted a ton of characters that we know from rebels. So we got the, the tease a few weeks ago when Zeb uh, showed up in the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, uh, we, we get Sabine in this trailer, uh, Natasha Lou Bordizzo. I'm sorry if I'm saying her last name wrong, but uh, she looks incredible awesome. for Sabine. Yeah. I don't think I've, I've, I, when I saw her cast it, I was like, okay, I'm into this, mm -hmm. but I, I want to see with the colored hair and the whole thing nailed it yep. um also what i noticed with sabine is the way she addresses ahsoka she says it's been a while mm -hmm. so how much time has passed from the conclusion which is the fall of the empire in Re uh, return of the jedi to where we we meet up with ahsoka again in the show five years five years so it's directly plugged into mando timeline so five years later, they haven't seen each other over the course of this time. I, so um, the only reason I can say that with confidence is because of today's episode. Yeah, the one line, which we'll get to at the end of this episode. We're going to cover Mandalorian at the end. Yeah, the yep. one line in the beginning with the Shadow Council. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I already know yep. what Tim knows. I'm going to say about that, but we'll yep. get to that later. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, oh, we also see Chopper in the trailer, which is awesome. Hair but we've seen awesome. Chopper and we've seen Chopper live action cameo already. I think it was in I forget what it was in. Well, it was in we something. had Chopper actually come onto stage in celebration last year. Was that it? I remember Chopper, they him. they showcased all of the droids. They had like R2, BDO, um, they had um BB1, like BB8, like I had all of those. Um they all came out on stage, which was pretty cool. I mean either way, Chopper looked amazing. He looks awesome. Her Hera did you played. know? Did you know that that's Ewan McGregor's wife? That's what I was about to say. Yeah. How crazy is that, dude? She gets to be Hera. He's Obi Wan. It's so awesome. Ewan McGregor's entire family is now in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, his, his daughter, daughter was, in, was in there with him in Obi Wan. <laughs> so cool. That's fucking Obi Wan Kenobi. Did you see the shot? And I think it was only from Celebration of Sabine holding her Mandalorian armor. No. 
Okay, so if you go on God, in the show notes, damn. if you click on the the main Volk link that I sent you, yeah, 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 yeah. uh-huh, uh, and then click the learn more about Ahsoka and scroll down, you'll see a still image. I think they were showing it on the stage. I wasn't able to sit through all the panels because I had stuff going on this weekend. Yeah, so I was like. I was getting yelled at by my wife because oh, I'm sitting. Oh wow, that looks so good. <laughs> I'm like sitting there on my phone. We're like out doing things. And she's that like, looks what are you amazing. Watching? I wonder if we can just like put a, a video pop up here. This looks so good. I said to my wife, I was like, "It's Star Wars celebration this weekend. You wouldn't let me go yeah. to London because it was Easter." I'm watching it, so yeah. I watched as much as I could. Uh, so Hera is played by Hugh McGregor's wife. Um, I, Tim and I had this conversation over the weekend, and it's like you see Hera and you're like, okay, that's not the best looking Twi'lek I've ever seen. But at the same time, it is Hera and it looks like Hera and it feels like Hera. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested to see how that plays out and understand the character coming to life better. So I withhold all reservation and judgment. I'm really excited as Obi-Wan's wife. Like it feels like a keep it in the family moment, like Star Wars family. Um, but the biggest surprise <laughs> actually before i do that we do see a holographic image of ezra it's been confirmed that that's ezra in the holograph yeah. um and uh it's it's ezra plain as day but that's all we get of ezra mon mothma shows up in the trailer of this too she does so i want to the one thing that we talked we talked about this on the stream with ezra and everyone's like oh so i already found ezra and i'm like no i think what that is is that sabine is being a really like she's just being a sad girl and she's like i miss my boyfriend and so she's like, she's sitting there like, where are you, Ezra? I wish I could find you. Like, I think there's gonna be a little bit of teen romance there, just a little bit. Um, and so like, that's the whole Sabine. thing. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be like, we're still like, they're still looking for Ezra. They haven't found him yet. Um, they brought back uh, Morgan Elspeth, uh, who we know from Mandalorian season two. That's who Ahsoka. Uh, does she kill her? Oh, no, because she's alive in this, which yeah, would be she after. Leaves her, so no. She leaves her alive. Yeah, so because, uh, because the scene is where is where is your master? Where, where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? And then Thrawn. we leave it there. Yeah. So Morgan Elsbeth shows up in this, and the the little bit of history we got is that Morgan Elsbeth was instrumental in building the Imperial fleet uh, yeah. with Thrawn and with right. Palpatine. And her father and her family comes from a longer line of like uh, sympathizers and whatnot. Yeah, they're Imperial sympathizers. Uh, we'll save the other two characters for the end because that plays heavy into our theory crafting on this. But the biggest surprise and delight was indeed the confirmation that Lars Mikkelsen will be playing Grand Admiral Thrawn. He walked yeah. out on the stage. That crowd went nuts. Of course they did. Why wouldn't and they? So did I in my kitchen. I because, freaked out, dude. Like... Star Wars fans are very outspoken, as are most passionate fans of any fandom. Mm-hmm. Star Wars fandom right now is very, you know, you're either on one side or the other, and there's people that hate for the sake of hating, hating, and then there's people that also just, like, will make every excuse possible, even when Disney makes a bad decision. Regardless of where you stand on this, you have to admit one thing and one thing only. Disney listened to the fan base on this one. If you listen to the interview with Lars Mikkelsen, he says, I was hired about a year and a half ago. What was a year and a half ago? When we were all screaming and yelling about who should be playing Grand Admiral Thrawn. We were Thrawn. so pissed because there was the rumors that he wasn't going to get the part because of that YouTube video that he did. Because yep. of that weird little sideshow piece that he did uh, for like the Star Wars fan video. 
and there was rumors that because he did that, he like Disney didn't like it because it wasn't sanctioned. And so he lost his his running for being Thrawn and everyone threw a fit. Yep. So Thrawn. We see the back of his head in the trailer. The folks, if you went to Star Wars Celebration, you got to see him. I have not seen him yet. I they showed, they showed him in full costume. They Shut showed him up. from the front at Celebration. If you were there, I have looked for that one. I have not been able to find that one. I'm sure that one, that's one that's getting DMCA'd hard right now. All right. Um, you want to talk about this scene? Which scene, Tim? So, so we'll talk. So we'll talk about the Thrawn, the, the them highlighting Thrawn. So, oh sure. So it opens up. The doors open, and then you see the back of his head. That is not an Imperial Star Cruiser at all. That's not a destroyer. That's not a light frigate. That's nothing. That deck has no form or of of Imperial design at all. So I think what's going to happen is that that's going to be the first time that we get to see a Chiss warship. I think that's the bridge of a Chiss ship of some sort because it looks so different. But the other really cool thing about it is it was all controlled by robots too. And Thrawn loves robots. So I'm really, really curious to see, is that a Chiss warship or is it another alien race that maybe he allies up with in the chaos? Um, but I have, I have so many questions about just like that little part of like, how did we get, how does, how does Thrawn end up from getting sucked in through space to there? Um, and there's a lot because there's still yet, there's so many questions that have no answers, we are still in the dark with all of this progression from the end of Rebels to where we find ourselves in Ahsoka. It's crazy. So, like, skimming through the trailer real quick, a few things that I picked up on. The opening scene when she's walking through the ruins. When I Remember when I yelled in Mandalorian about what Tython should look like in ruins? Yeah, you... And it wasn't that, just a hill in the middle of nowhere? That that's what like it would it, right? look like to me in yeah. in ruins. Even then, it's not as, like, woodsy and dense, but it's, if you bomb the hell out of a planet it would probably look like that yeah but that looks, i don't i don't think that's tython i'm just saying no that. not at all think i think is. that's going to be a planet we've never seen before uh but we but this this trailer definitely focuses heavy on um and we haven't even gotten to balin and all of those guys yet um but like this trailer definitely focuses heavy on where we left off with ahsoka and ezra with this this world between worlds this veil this 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 middle ground area that we didn't really get to learn much about other than knowing that you can interact with time. Tim, there's a shot. If you freeze frame the trailer at 104, there's a shot of the same bridge uh, from that ship with Morgan Elspeth standing on it. Um, and it looks, I can't even tell what the symbol is on the floor. It doesn't look imperial. Yeah, I, we looked at that. We looked at that symbol for a little bit too. And I couldn't, it didn't look like a, a the ascendancy emblem. And it might be, a different house symbol, but I'm not entirely sure. I'd have to look. I need to look down at, at um, if anyone did any like breakdowns and see if someone figured out what that that sigil is. Yeah. So, getting into Balin, but segueing this, there is this Balin and and his what we assume is his apprentice, uh, Sakno. Oh uh, no, name? that's her name. Uh, Shin, Balin and Shin. Ivana Sakno is the actress. Um, Balin and Shin are what appear to be Dark Jedi. If you recall from Heir to the Empire, we had a Dark Jedi in Heir to the Empire. They mentioned the phrase Heir to the Empire in this trailer. And then today's episode of Mandalorian furthered that statement even more. 
Go ahead. I'm just I'm really confused with where they're going though. I am too because it doesn't line up because that Grand Admiral Thrawn from Heir to the Empire is not the Grand Admiral Thrawn we know in current Disney canon. They're two no. very different characters, albeit the same. Yeah, with two but very different paths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so which I'm is interesting though because it's all Timothy Zahn. So and that's the whole thing is Zahn created all of this, and so if they aren't leaning on Zahn to continue developing this story, I I would it would blow my mind. Um, like he just literally just finished up the, the ascendancy trilogy. So it's like, it'd be crazy for them not to bring him in for the writing, but the dark Jedi, I didn't really know much about them, but they're really cool. Um, and I yes. like, they're chaotic. They're, they're very much so like the, the, the characters that I enjoy, like these chaotic neutral kind of characters where they used to be Jedi, but they realize that the dark side isn't like this evil pathway and they can utilize it in a different form than how the Sith go about using it. So they're kind of like gray jedi but leaning a little bit more to the dark side which i i really like that's essentially what it is if you had a scale it was like jedi gray jedi dark jedi sith yeah that's that's why that's why i think they're a little more like chaotic neutral where they're kind of like they're in the middle but they're a little more aggressive than that and the lightsabers are confirmed when we saw the trailer everyone was like are those orange that's weird and a lot of people are saying that it's because they are bleeding a kyber crystal and it hasn't bled all the way through. And Filoni even said that they made the lightsabers look more orange on purpose. Yeah, that makes sense from the the standpoint. You know, I, I made a joke online because at first when I, I was watching it on my phone, so I could only see it looked like off red. Yeah, it like, looked okay. like just like an orange color. Then it now, yeah, now it looks very orange when you watch it on a, on a much higher resolution. Um, and What's interesting is, and, and I made the joke uh, online, is I was like, oh, my Sith and Swotor has this, like, literally, that's the same color lightsabers I have. In that, yeah. that's old canon, so a Legends canon, so it's not bleeding or anything. You just get a Kyber crystal pop. It right, you get an color. orange crystal, yeah. Right, in Disney canon, it's way different. So yeah. I like the concept of it not being bled or that, you know, the heinous acts that you need to commit with a red lightsaber, make it red. But in this case, you know, they're not, they've done some shit, but it's not as bad as, as so. They're like the Jokers that, of the Star Wars universe, apparently. You're like, oh, I don't like what they're doing, but I kind of agree with it. Yeah, and it makes sense, too, with Ahsoka purifying a red kyber crystal. It's all kind of the same vibe. Like, they yeah. they react to the user almost, which is pretty cool. Um, but what I, what I wanted to bring up was there's a shot of Balin and ahsoka and it, they're in this space we don't know what it is and it, it's like got stars and things on that and, and there's we two do know what that is kevin well there's two prevailing theories one it seems like ahsoka is looking for something throughout yes. this entire journey not necessarily grand admiral thrawn could be grand admiral thrawn but not necessarily just that if you go back to the old republic games when you would find a star map you had to find four to find the star forge they looked like this you would mm-hmm. press it on and it would consume most of the room in this holographic image of the star map that looked just like that. Mm-hmm. So that was one theory. The other theory is what we know from Rebels, where Ahsoka can travel through the Veil of the Force just like Palpatine. If you don't know what the Veil of the Force is and you haven't watched Rebels, the Veil of the Force is essentially what what links time and space together through the Force. Okay, hold so, on, wait. Can, can are we confirming that she can do it or that she has gone through it? She has gone through it. 
Okay, we know Palpatine like, has we, a method can, to do it. He can do it. Yeah, most definitely. And I think that plays into more of what we're talking about with Mando. But like something happened between her and Ezra, which allowed him to reach in and pull her through. Right. So she like, has done it. Yeah. So she knows it was clarified. She knows it exists at minimum. My thought there, and, and again, furthering that, if you don't fully understand, it's you can go through time. And in Rebels, they do have a, a situation that involves time. Uh, and then others have theorized it could also lead to a Star Wars multiverse where Legends exists over here. Disney's version exists over here. Well, there's also three different layers of Legends. So essentially, there's a Star Wars <laughs> multiverse as well. So um, that's what the Veil of the Force is. So it's it's got to be one of those two things, in my opinion. It's either a star map of some sort leading to something that she's looking for or her and Balin are in the Veil of the Force, which would just blow open the doors of Star Wars lore, theory, you name it. Like, we we are on... If that's the Veil of the Force, we are on a whole new journey than we could have ever anticipated, in my opinion. So I'm going to go with your original theory that it's a star map because it looks very similar to, like, the one that uh, R2 brings up when they're looking mm -hmm. for Luke. Um, yeah. it also makes a lot of sense if you, if you look at that scene and you start to look around the perimeter of where they're standing and when they're talking to each other, um, that scene is also really interesting. I'll bring that up in a second, but if you look, there's a lot of excavation hardware that's around the perimeter. So it's like, there was a dig site. It was like, it was an Imperial dig site perhaps yeah. of some sort. So, so, so maybe that ties in with Thrawn perhaps he's also looking for something. Um, but in that scene, you're talking about when we like when you see Ahsoka with Balin, it's really interesting because one, she doesn't have both lightsabers. She has one lightsaber. She also uses a stance that you don't ever see her use. She goes into a heavy stance, um, very much like in um, uh, uh, Japanese sword wheeling when she puts the sword out like kendo. You know, she puts it out in front of her and you, she takes this heavy stance and you see her like kick off the back wall. And it was very not Ahsoka style. So I thought that was really interesting as well. And I'm really curious. It's like, why does she end up like just changing the complete the complete way as to how she fights as a Jedi. So I, I thought that was really, really neat. I'm sure that means absolutely nothing, but I like honed in on that for some reason. So. Yeah, it's, um, I'm looking at it now. I'm just sizing it up again. It's such a great trailer. Yeah. I, we watched it like three times on stream and just like broke it down. It was just, it's so good. Also the, 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 Folks that Ahsoka's fighting in the ruins towards the end of the trailer. Ro the robots? Yeah, they look like droids, but they don't look like Imperial droids. No, it's something completely different. And I wonder if those are the droids that um, were fighting with Thrawn. I think we kind of saw something similar to these guys in Mando. Yeah. Remember those, those droids that were hopping around from rooftop to rooftop? Yeah. We also see another Dark Jedi with a helmet. I don't know if that's Shin with a helmet on or if it's... No, it looks, it looks different. It looks like a smaller character, but... So I'm wondering if Balin has, like, a little following. It, I mean, it's, it almost looks like an Inquisitor lightsaber. Well, the so Sith, just, No, that one's orange, too, you can tell. No, but, um, but, but if you freeze frame it, it's an Inquisitor. See. It has a lightsaber. It has an Inquisitorial lightsaber. Yeah, it lightsaber. does have a circular bit, yep. so maybe it's, so, like, a redeemed so I think it's Inquisitor. Just a, yeah, I think it's just an Inquisitor that's coming after her. It would make sense for the Inquisitor program to get booted back up. You know, there's Jedi still around. They just dealt with. I'm wondering, though, if it introduced a new force wielding sect. Dark Jedi I mean, being introduced into. Well, I mean, Dark Jedi were 
part of the old republic so that's not new but like reviving you know the sith like well we're not doing the rule of two you know it's not about power and domination things like that but we will use the dark side of the force to to you know achieve our agenda type of situation yeah we've got three we've got three stories going on essentially we've got like ahsoka and her band of merry rebels and then we've got balin and shin and whatever they're doing and then we've got thrawn with what he's doing so like how do these three forces all come together and where is the overarching story going to lead us is it going to lean is is strong going to be like this like this thing that kind of pops in and out of the story as we go along is he going to be the main antagonist or is it going to be balin you know is it going to be both of them are they working together are they is this all separated by whatever like i just i feel like thrawn thrawn has no business to deal with the dark jedi but in in heir to the empire he goes and seeks out the dark jedi to make yep. to convince them to fight for him so now, this is this is where i start to get very very confused with the thrawn that we have now versus the thrawn from eu and how do we bring them both together for them to kind of make sense with zon's writing already now joris is the dark jedi i had to go do a refresher because i haven't read that book in like 20 years I joris apparently mark mark thompson does a they did a 20th anniversary of heir to the empire so you can go and like listen to him do the thrawn voices and shit so I don't have enough things to read right now. <laughs> I found it yesterday. Um, so Joris in Air of the Empire, remember that the big argument back in the day was, was he actually a dark Jedi? Yeah. He, it was more of him being a little unhinged. He yeah, was not right. Like, he's kind of like Khan from Star Wars or Star Trek. Yeah. So I don't think Balin is Joris. I know people have said that. I'm like, mm -hmm. no, I don't. I, Balin's probably a new character. He might have some characteristics that joris had but he doesn't seem un like joris when i read that book i remember the mental image was like this is an old crazy man yeah. joris reminded me more of what's his face who we fight on dathomir in jedi fallen order oh then yeah. then balin that guy yeah, reminded th me a lot guy, of joris that guy was a crazy zealot he kind of like he got he got unhinged he he spent way too much time on dathomir but that's that's what Joris is like in the Air of the Empire book. So. Yeah, but but Balin, he, he for me when I saw Balin, I thought he was the Eternal Emperor. I was like, holy crap, this guy looks just like him, like from the from the cinematic trailers, like the beard and everything, the armor, the armor looked really good. So yes, Joris reminds me, or uh, sorry, Balin doesn't really remind me of Joris. It's it seems to be, we'll get characteristics of that. What was that guy's name in the game? I can't remember his name. Uh, Taron Malakos. Malakos. Yeah, there you go. I pulled mm -hmm. that one out of my ass. Yeah. Jeez. No, that was it. Good job, Kevin. Oh, I was looking. I was thinking of the the, the health bar. <laughs> Taron, yeah, Taron Malakos reminds me more of Joris than, than Balin. But obviously, the only sampling we have of Balin is, you know, less than a few seconds. Mm -hmm. What's funny is I'm watching, uh, when I'm working out, I'm watching Rome the old HBO show. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I have that no actor, idea what that is. It's, it's like 15 years old and that actor's oh, okay. in it. So when I saw it, I was like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> it's you again. <laughs> he's good. He's he's in a lot of like, he was in uh, the King Arthur movie. He played one of the um, knights in that. So. The guy who plays Balin? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he does look a little familiar. 
He's been his stuff. armor. His his armor looks so cool. It looks so old. I want to know yeah, more you about would, him. You would you would definitely be a dark Jedi. I would. Sure. I was definitely would. For sure. My kind of people. Last thing I want to ask you on on Ahsoka. Yeah. Before we move on to other stuff. Sure. Is the phrasing at the end, like uh, the droid that says, perhaps it's time to begin again, and the way they say that she's a rebel, she's an outcast, and then they say she's a Jedi. When she has clearly said in Rebels, I am no Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Is this some sort of, like, redemption to the Jedi Order? I think that will kind of kill the point of Ahsoka. Yeah, so we talked about this on stream, and I don't think Hu Yang is talking to Ahsoka. I think he's talking to Luke. It's the only thing that would make sense. Or they introduce Mara Jade or one like one of those characters from, from Heir to the Empire. But he's not talking to us. So I don't think he's talking to Ahsoka. There would be no reason. She she has definitely made it very clear that she has nothing to, she wants nothing to do with the Jedi Order. Would Ezra be a part of Luke's new Jedi Order? Yeah, most definitely. Okay. Why wouldn't he? He was one of the last one of the last um apprentices to be trained by an actual like real jedi knight and kanan you think remember, get, remember you kanan get, was kanan was was one of the last ones from order 66 you think we get a freddie prince jr flashback why wouldn't we dude i don't think freddie prince jr would be the best kanan jairus but i mean like it'd be pretty sick if he showed up as a cameo like that he would has be, to be kanan jairus I, mean, I don't know if he like i mean could you imagine freddie prince jr with like long hair but also it. he he buzzes it at the end. So I mean like FPJ could come in with a buzz haircut, you know, all charred up and still kind of burning from when we last saw him. You don't know? Even as a force Dude. ghost too. Yeah, I mean him showing up as a force ghost to Ezra would make so much sense. Or to Hera, could you imagine like showing up like Ghost the movie? With- if we don't get to see a little a little Kanan Hera kid, like oh my god, because we see him oh, at no, the end we'll of Re- you see him at the end of Rebels flying co-pilot with Hera. Yeah, we'll, we'll see the child. I'm not I'm not worried about that. I'd like so. to see the baby. I would like to see the baby. That's Moving funny. along, yeah, dude. Unless there's anything else you want to say about it, honestly, I just I think like getting to see Hu Yang in like in live action versus only seeing him in like in animated, pretty sick. We know that this is the guy who is who has all the lightsabers and like all that stuff like in his brain, which is really really cool. Um, Dark Jedi, Thrawn, uh, Ahsoka, looking for Ezra. I feel like we covered everything, Kevin. I mean, like it's gonna like it comes out in August. I think it's the last thing to say is that this is in August, and we could potentially have the first episode drop during GCX. So I hope you're ready for that, Kevin. God, in that's heaven, all I have to say. Save me. On to the next one. I don't even know how to record that. I will already be well. Yeah, well, no, we're gonna be. We're, it's gonna be great. Be no, you know what I'm gonna have to do that day. Oh boy, here we go. I'm gonna have. Normally, I would go over on Tuesday. I will because we don't start up set up till wednesday i will watch the episode in the morning record with you and drive straight to rosen and start setting up kill me we'll we'll figure it out we'll figure it out we'll figure it out we're not there yet it'll be okay acolyte acolyte Acolyte. apparently there was a trailer i i mean i saw part of it and and i showed you part of it it was very pirated uh as a child of the 90s i am okay with watching pirated content uh, yeah. It doesn't bother me. Um, this is gonna be sick. Uh, the the dark tone is what I'm excited for. It's it, perfect. 
yeah and and we already know that the the high republic is literally just the pious jedi with this dark ass cloud over their head oh yeah um what's the plant dudes not the nail the other ones the the, the drone wait no that's wrong that's no. the no, hold on. Wait, I get <laughs> no. Okay, Starts hold on. The drain gear. The drink. The druid is from freaking. Uh, that's from Kyler's dragon show. From uh, oh my god. Anyways. How to train your dragon? No, the other one. Uh, don't worry about it. Keep going. It sounds familiar. Um, but Raya. Uh, Raya. The last dragon. Raya. Yes, the druid. The, the druid. I've watched way too much Raya. The drain gear. Oh my. So the drain gear. I don't know if you saw some of the comic or, or the uh, the book. Um, which we'll talk about later, the High Republic book stuff, but there's a picture of one of the Drangir and it's like fully evolved into this like vicious thing. I mean, they were already so, terrifying, so. I know, but again, I think Acolyte is going to, we will see live action Nihil. I think they're hiding them for now. I, we will see live action Drangir. I think they're hiding them for now. Um, and it's just like these, the, it's fun to see the Republic like, oh, you know, look at us all shiny. And then you read these books. They're getting planets nuked. They're getting asteroids thrown at them. They got cults everywhere. Like, And it's not hunky-dory back then. So I'm just excited to see the Republic and the Jedi at their height. I'm using air quotes. But having to face all of these problems. And this character, this acolyte, I'm really, really hoping is some sort of fallen Jedi. And I'm still holding out hope for the I'm going to find the answers of the Sith. I want to know the mysteries of the Sith and communing because they can Sith can be force ghosts within the proximity of their body, of their mm -hmm. grave. They are bound to that area, which is why I sent the thing to you, Tim, last week about when Filoni uh, and Lucas axed Darth Revan and Darth Bane being on Mortis in the Mortis episodes of Clone Wars because it would have destroyed the lore. And they had it filmed, they had it animated, they had everything done. But they mm -hmm. knew they couldn't do it because then it would release the Sith from that. That also gave bondage. Lucas. That was that was that came from Lucas, from George. Yes, that was, that, was really cool. that was directly from George. Directly from George. So he was like, "I've been thinking about this," um, <laughs> but that's what I'm I'm hoping this show is. Now, obviously, there's a ton of other characters. We have uh, Lee Jung Jae, who was in um, Squid Games. Squid Games, uh, who's a Jedi Master, looks awesome. Um, but remember, so they talked about they talked about this that it's all from the perspective of the dark side. Yes. So you have to remember exactly. that this is not going to be like a show about good guys. They wanted to tell a bad guy story, and I'm so happy that we finally get to shift the lens a little bit and get to see it from the other side. Because how many Star Wars stories you're like, oh, this could be really cool if we saw it from the Imperial side or from the Sith side, and so now we get to finally get start to see that. Also, they changed the logo. Did you notice that? Which really threw me off because I really liked the first one. This one's not bad, but the first one really threw me for a loop. I'm trying. I, I read through everything. I'm trying to see if there was anything really um, interesting they said during the panel. I know there was little tidbits that people took and, you know, kind of ran with. By the way, this show comes out next year. We don't know when. It just comes out next year. My guess, if I had to guess, would be if Ahsoka is August. Skeleton Crew is going to hit the Andor end of year release window where that was last year. You think so? Do you think they're already that far along in production? They said it later. Later in 2023 was the exact. Oh, I missed that part. Okay. Yep. Which means this would fit nicely into that February, March release window that they normally have, which is what we have right now for Mandalorian. 
which would lead us straight into season two of Andor in August and yeah. some probably final season of Bad Batch in the summer of next year, unless it's the end of next year, which at the end of next year would make way more sense unless they're like pretty far into production now on yeah. the final season of Bad Batch. Okay. But we'll talk about that later. The whole reason I said all that was because I feel like this will this will be the show we're watching this time next year is essentially yeah. what I'm getting at. <clears throat> um, so only a year left to wait. We'll probably get a much more comprehensive trailer at D23. Um, and then, you know, your regular cadence of marketing through the holidays. Uh, Skeleton crew, maybe we'll have some sort of link to it in a post credit scene, just like they did with Boba Fett. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We do, probably not, honestly, because it's two different ta- time periods. And they could do something so, fun where, like, they find, like, a relic or something. I found this really interesting. So uh, Leslie Headland, who's the showrunner for Acolyte, uh, confirmed that she, when she pitched this Star Wars show, she said it's Frozen meets Kill Bill. Saw that quote. Like, how crazy is that? Like, I'm trying to wrap my head around Frozen and Kill Bill. Like, is there going to be song? I really hope there's a song. There better be a song, Kevin. Could you imagine? I think it's going to be a song, Tim. Damn it. It's probably more along the lines of Elsa's powers and not yeah the, jer- the journey okay through with it and whatnot yep except the ending will not be <laughs> <Elsa's ending>. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get a uh, we're gonna get a jedi wookie which is pretty cool the same guy who's been playing chewbacca as of late gets to come back Eunice. and he gets to play uh kel naka who is gonna be our jedi wookie but the high republic yeah, this- robes look awesome yeah i mean it, it, it's they've done a really good job giving the high republic its own identity just like the old republic had it back in the day yeah the high republic has its its own identity and it's fun to play in that because then it, it opens up the door and it, you know it could be years from now but it, there's there could be other eras within this now that we can tell stories in um so What did she say here? This Oh, here it is. This is one. Turner Smith spoke with Collider Steve uh, Weintraub about the project, and she shared her own thoughts on why she signed on. Obviously, the subject matter is different. Exactly what Tim just said. It's different when everything that you're doing is lighthearted, and that's not what I was doing for Star Wars. But I was working with my favorite director that I've worked with so far, Congo Nada, and under the leadership of Leslie Headland. It's incredible to see. I can't wait to see how this show turns out. So they're all saying the same thing, which is essentially this will not be like the other Star Wars shows. Yeah. This will not be like the other Star Wars show. And you have to understand, too, that the whole point of the High Republic is to show the fall of the Republic, the decline. Mm-hmm and meet us where we get to revenge of the Sith, which is where everything comes unraveled and completely falls apart. Now I have to ask in the, in the spirit of uh, theory crafting, Tim. Yeah. Do we see um, Plagueis? Oh man. The timeline's perfect. I mean, it would be a it would be a young Darth Plagueis because remember, yeah, it's got, there'd yeah. be no Palpatine yet because it's a hundred years a hundred years before Episode One. So, yeah, to see an early Darth Plagueis who's just kind of like starting to figure it out with his master. I forget who his master is. Um, yeah, you I have, don't see why I don't see why we wouldn't because you have to have a connection. You need to, you need this connection piece between then and now. And so we're going to pick up in episode one. And if we're going to get new stories that are the beginning of the Jedi, because that was also announced too, we're going to get a movie that covers 25,000 years before 
episode one, uh, which is going to be the basis of Star Wars. It's going to be the biblical part of the Star Wars story. It's going to be the creation story. And so we've got that connection. Now we've got to use the High Republic to get us to the the, the fall of, of the Empire or the fall of the Republic. So yeah, for them to introduce Plagueis and then and then like that, then you start learning about him, and then it ties into episode three when Palpatine says, "I've ever told you the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise." Like that would be, that would be perfect. It would be absolutely amazing because then you have a callback. And Darth Tenebris is Plagueis. Here we go, Tenebris, thank master. you. And Tenebris Darth is Tenebris really is, cool. He is, but his canon stuff is about this big on the Wikipedia Yeah, because they page. kill they kill him off in the book. In Darth Plagueis, they break up Tenebris, and Tenebris is alive for two chapters, and then Plagueis kills him. In Legends, he has a very, very long, long, long page. So when it because comes to Because it's all EU, right? He hasn't actually been confirmed in anything, right? In, in canon? No. Well, he, he's, he's... Other than he is, he is Plagueis' master. master. That is it, right? Because everything, because the Darth Plagueis book is not canon. No, but it also confirmed that he's the designer of the um, scimitar, which is Maul's ship style. Ah, okay. Aside from that, he he's one of the namesakes in the uh, Legions of the Sith Eternal, which I think is what made him canon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's literally it. So that door is wide open. So yeah. what if what if this two could be depending on timeline, mm-hmm. Tenebris before Plagueis? Maybe yeah. that's who she finds. She yeah. has to find someone. Yeah. That's my whole point. I agree. With is you. this acolyte has to, the journey will lead to a Sith. Yes. And whoever the Sith is, is at that time period, that's who they're going to plant the flag in and build everything around to get us to Plagueis, to get us to Palpatine. Like yeah. that's where this has to go. So she has to meet a Sith at some point. It's just a matter of who and what Disney wants to do with the timeline. But once they do it, there's no turning back. Like, that's your canon Sith for that time period. So Tenebris and Plagueis are the two on the table, in my opinion. Yeah, and the High Republic hasn't done a really good job of talking about, like, the evil Force users in the world. They've done a lot of, like, with the Nihil. They've done a lot with Jedi. They're like, they're gone. Yeah, exactly. They're all extinct. Whereas, <laughs> whereas while in the shadows, they're working on the whole basis of the rule of two. But you wouldn't know that unless you had an understanding of the, of the Old Republic. And right. and the old republic has no base now. Like the old republic is still in EU, um, like mid realm. Like there's there's nowhere really for us to go with that. So this essentially is going to be what establishes all of the the dark user lore telling before Episode One. If we if we are heading on the same track that we are right now, unless like right. Kotar comes out or something else comes out about the Sith. But until that point, this is the only the only part that we're going to have of the the starting of the new Sith Order that that uh, Palpatine ends up picking up. Well, no, we do know that Bane is canon. We do know the rule of two is canon because of Bane. So we know because of Clone Wars, right? That and there's in those, you know, those. um, And then Yoda says the no, there's always a no more, no less, no more, no less. So like those little things. But still, we don't have like a really good like understanding. That book you have, though, the Tales of the Sith, whatever thing that you have. Oh, yeah. The one that has the short stories and the information uh-huh. in it. He's in there, too. Oh, so, okay. So then, but still, you have to go searching for all of that. They haven't really brought it to light. 
Yeah, so, I mean, it was like, remember that journal when, when Rise of Skywalker oh, came yeah, out? Oh, yeah, and you had to go decode the dagger from the journal. It's like, yeah, awesome. like, no one's going to know that shit. Love it, but let it lead somewhere and create a marketing Right, thing it's great it for us. It's great for people like us, but it doesn't serve anyone like our wives who like try this to keep up with what's going on. But that was the episode of Mandalorian today. I'm freaking right. out. I'm like, my wife's going to have no idea why I'm freaking out. Yeah, exactly. Episode. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it has to lead somewhere. It has to lead to a Seth. I'm sure at D23, we will get the, the, a full trailer. Like, I'm talking a two-minute trailer Most that definitely. will shed some more light on it. Um, but, you know, if, even if that's the case, they're still going to play a lot of that close to the chest because they want moments like today's Mandalorian episode where the the people who put their time in and read the comics and read everything know this is the payoff for all of my all of my paying attention if you will mm-hmm. so yeah um oh man acolyte you mentioned the movies yeah we have three new star wars movies this also comes on the heels of a few weeks ago when bob Iger said the only star wars movies that are being made moving forward are going to be meaningful and poignant to the universe we're not just going to pump them and dump them like we're going to make sure they have a purpose in the larger story yeah thanks bob first of thanks, all thanks bob um so the three movies are broken down like this james mangold is making a dawn of the jedi movie if you look at the dawn of the jedi logo on the timeline it is the same exact logo on the floor of luke's jedi temple on Mm. what's the planet called where he's exiled hold on hold on i'd have to ask octo octo Octo, because uh, kyler knows that kyler knows that it's i was like i have to go yell for kyler real quick because he that's crazy they talk about it in one of the books so it's the same symbol with what looks it kind of looks like Zepho-ish, but it, who knows? They could go to the story of the old Jedi, which is They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to talk about the Zepho at some point. It would make a lot of sense to put that in the creation story versus kind of just like throwing it out in the middle. I'm still holding out hope that the the Zepho were the beginning and then the Rakata destroyed them, and then this new which was called the Jedi back in the day, that's legends, is what spawns the Jedi and the Sith. And the Rakata um, terrifying. Ricotta are awesome they're and so they're also scary. assholes <laughs> when you meet them in any video game none of them are ever nice and they all try and kill you um and they talk about that's how they talk they look like someone uh, that would talk like that yeah and their eyes are on the yeah side their eyes are stick out like octopus looking things mm-hmm. um so uh i find it interesting that not interesting but the logos are matching up and everything the 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 story in my opinion will be what it was in legends where there will be some sort of order where there is is you know the practicing of balance the light side da, 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 and some of them are going to be like that's not good enough for us we want to be in charge and, da, 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 and thus begins the never-ending cycle of uh the story um so and it takes place twenty five thousand years in the past so we're going mm-hmm. way back really far uh, back yeah, so it's it's going to be a very interesting story. The next one is Dave Filoni is making a movie. <laughs> How crazy is that, dude? New Republic era. So this is between. This is right where we are in Mandalorian right now. This is between uh, Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Yep. Um, it, the the exact quote is: We're going to close our interconnected stories from the shows, uh, The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. Yep. So everything we're seeing, everything we saw today, Dave's going to start closing the loop. And in this episode of Mandalorian, they really started to make that known that that's what they're trying to do. 
Um, and Dave's going to start closing the loop on that. So I'm not, we don't know what the plot is. We don't know who's going to be the main characters. I can guarantee you we will see some of our Mandalorian friends. We mm-hmm. won't see Paz Vizsla. Bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fuck. But we we uh, we we will probably see a bunch of our friends. I would assume Ahsoka, like all of these characters will probably be in, the, in Dave's movie. Keep yeah. in mind, Ahsoka is Dave's character that he made. So mm-hmm. Ahsoka is very near and dear to him. So she'll probably be the movie. Um. The last one was the surprise. This I don't one think threw me for a loop. Anyone saw this one coming? Uh, Charmin, again, I'm going to butcher her name. Charmin Obey Shinoy, I think is how you say it, um, is making a post Rise of Skywalker movie with Daisy Ridley, Ridley, who, again, marched out on that stage and got a standing ovation as she deserves. I don't care if you don't like the movies, mm-hmm. totally fine. I have my issues with them as well. Daisy's character was not bad. And she did not do a bad job. No, she, just she like Hayden. It. Just like Ahmed. Yeah. It's not their fault. No, it's definitely the right. Bad writing. I, I will say that about Joaquin Phoenix and that stupid ass Joker movie that sucked. Yeah, come at me. At me. I know it's a hot take. That movie was horrible. Joaquin Phoenix did a phenomenal job. Um, That's coming from a diehard Batman fan. So uh, this takes place 15 years after the end of Rise of Skywalker. So da- uh, I keep saying Daisy. Ray is trying to start a new Jedi Order. Um, and uh, the, the biggest thing here, and this is how the internet exploded, aside from, you know, the normal, meh, was what if Grogu is involved in this yeah, story? Yeah, dude, that's what everybody's been talking be. about. Yep, he would be 98 years old. Someone already did the math. You'd be 98, and Yoda started training younglings at age 100. So he, he theoretically, if she is looking to rebuild the order, she might bump into That'd be so sad because all of his Mandalorian friends would be dead. Not necessarily. He could, have, he could be the one he that has be... revived Mandalore, and he could be the next ruler of Mandalore. Din would be like if Din was in his forties, right? Oh, this... those friends. I thought you yeah, meant yeah, Mandalorian yeah. No, 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 people no, 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 as no. a whole. No, I'm talking yes. about like Din and Bo, and like they'd be old as dirt, or dead, or dead. Like how sad? Could you imagine just like old, old Grogu? And he's not really that old for because like a hundred years for him is just like whatever. But like he's he's seen some shit. Mandalorians are like the Spartans. Like it's like you don't die in your bed; you die on your shield. Yeah, a one hundred percent. Especially with how so, today's episode went. I don't. I don't think they're going to be making it to that ripe old age. No, I don't think so either. But that's the prevailing theory: is that you know she could be rebuilding the Jedi Order, and she might bump into a new little green friend who's wielding the dark saber at that time with Mandalorian armor on, and surrounded by his, his riding a mythosaur. All right, we're almost an hour in. Normally, we make our ad break around 20, 25 minutes, but we're only about halfway done with the show. So, (laughs) See you on the other side. See you on the other side of this ad break. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
We are back. All right. The next few things do not need a ton of speculation as opposed to the first few things, but we're going to talk about the Mandalorian episode as well. So right off the bat, Skeleton Crew. I also saw part of that trailer. You did? I didn't know there was a trailer. I didn't see it. Is it good? Can I say out loud that I sent these both to Tim? You did? I only saw the one. This was like the day of. So they're probably oh, that, that right got now. buried. Yeah, that got buried. So um, yeah, it's uh it's it seems this is what I'm getting. Uh it, well, first of all, it was confirmed that um Jude Law is playing a Jedi. Yeah, which we, I found we, interesting. And he's gonna be in the care he's gonna be in the care of, or no, he's taking care of a bunch of younglings, right? Or we teenagers think. or He's either taking care of them or he's using them for something. We don't really oh, know the story. There's screenshots if you want to see. Of the, yeah, there's screenshots of, of the trailer in the um, uh, thing I sent you. Um, yeah, if you go to the article and then click it, there's right a tweet in there with some screenshots. So um, we do know that he's a Jedi. Uh also, one of the kids he's with has the face covering of one of my favorite races from Legends, which is the Miraluka. They're blind and they can see through the Force. Ooh, some Daredevil shit. But I also thought that Shirt Imwe from Rogue One might be, but he wasn't. Although, oh. he essentially was because he see through the Force, but Miraluka are raised, so. Yeah, I see these screenshots. This is cool looking. Um, So we don't know much more than that. We don't know if, if Jude Law is necessarily doing a good thing or a bad thing uh we're still trying to uh figure that out but he is a jedi we do know know that um we don't know the name we don't know much it seems to me from the trailer that this will be aimed to that young adult audience that they write those books for yeah yeah i don't think it will be as hard to swallow as those books because some of those books are are just i hate to say it i'm so sorry but they're just not good for me yeah they're just not well they're not for us and that's okay right we're not teenagers right. and that's all right they're not good for me so i don't enjoy it i don't think that same, the reaction of the show will be the same because there is a difference between reading a book and watching a show most definitely um and if i watch all of the animated stuff i have a feeling i will get into this i'm very interested to see what the kind of what the the point of the show is i don't yeah fully understand it yet but it comes out this year mm-hmm so we don't have much longer to wait. It's probably, again, that fall, winter, and then they'll probably nail down a date for us in uh, at D23. So that'll uh, be when we get the final air date. Bryce Alice Howder was confirmed as one of the directors for this as well. So it'll be and a multi-director series. That's the way to do it. And Bryce is probably our favorite director from Mandalorian. She's just so, crushing it, dude. And Rick, I love Rick's episodes, too. Um. Just don't bring Robert Rodriguez back, please. <laughs> Man, it's just like he just, he just, I just does. I don't want to talk badly about him because, like, I feel like he's done good things, but his Disney, compared to everybody else, his presence as a director in this show just wasn't as great as others because, like, there are, like, I feel like everyone left their mark and, and his was just kind of like, I didn't like those, which kind of sucked because I feel like everybody had, like, their own little, little special tone that they put into it and he just never really delivered 
for me, it was always the eh episodes. Yeah, exactly. Me. It was just kind of like they weren't very memorable. But like Bryce Dallas Howard, I could like her first episode when it go when he goes crashing into the water and like they're pulling it out with the crane and stuff. Like, I'll remember that. You know, like that was very memorable for me. Anyways, Paul, who who directed this episode of uh, Mandalorian? If you could look that up, that'd be great. Um, Tales of the Jedi is getting a season two. Yes, volume. Not two. much. To, not much to say aside from the fact that Tales of the Jedi is getting a season two. Tales of the Jedi. If you did not watch it, they're very short. They're ten very minutes an episode. I think you watch the whole thing in an hour. But they're so good. <sighs> Deborah Chow did this episode. Fuck yeah, dude. That's why it felt Makes like sense. Obi-Wan. Well, yeah, I was just saying the combat. <laughs> it was like, it she felt was... very Obi-Wan-esque. I feel like they always go to Deborah for combat ones. Um, so Tales of the Jedi season one, so good. You get to see um, yeah, young Dooku. Young Dooku when Qui-Gon finds meets Maul on Tatooine yeah. in Phantom of the Menace. You get to see Yaddle and what happens to Yaddle. Yeah. You get to see Ahsoka's kind of post Clone Wars journey before we see her again in Rebels. Just again, just pieces of it. You also get to see Ahsoka's like uh not her birth itself, but Ahsoka as a baby. Um, so they're just good stories. They don't need to be made into these huge, you know, picture television shows or anything. They're just stories that fill in some awesome blanks and they're literally 10 minutes long. It is well worth your time to pop them on for an hour, even if you're a casual Star Wars fan. My wife loved them. She thought they were great because we watched them with Hunter, and she does not like any of the other animated stuff, and she was like, the Ahsoka one where she was a baby was probably the, one of the coolest cartoons I've ever seen. And then we used the one where Anakin was training Ahsoka yeah. to teach my son not to give up, and that's what he said to me in the car when he after his Taekwondo when he couldn't break the board, and he finally broke it. He was like, yeah, just like Ahsoka. So, um, they're really good. They're just they're just really good episodes. Also, that one's terribly sad because the end of it when so she opens sad, the door dude. with her and Rex. This is over um, sixty six all over again. Oh god, they just they're obsessed. He doesn't with me. let go, dude. Yeah, we we just get to relive the trauma over and over again constantly. Um, although now we've finally had a good order sixty six moment with uh, Ahmed Best. Um, god, I want to know more about that, and I know they're not wrapping up that story this season. <laughs> that's that's bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> um uh so tales of the jedi season two no release window are there any stories that you like, would want to see from anybody specifically tim honestly i didn't i didn't i didn't know that i needed a dooku backstory but i really enjoyed that um honestly i'm just like i'm I'm down for whatever plagueis, they throw at us at this point i'd love a plagueis palpatine i love palpatine meeting maul like yeah. stuff like that i want i want a little bit of that and then on the on the on the Jedi side, I mean, maybe like a side adventure with uh, what's our what's our good friend, the Quinlan Voss. Yes. Stuff like that. There's, there's yeah, little stuff, I agree. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of things they could do or like Plo Koon, you know, like you mean the greatest Jedi ever. Yeah, yeah dude. I mean, like, yeah, my, my man's alive out there somewhere. <laughs> Oh, here we go. We're going to get the Mace Windu alive story. It's like how he. Oh, my himself. God. It's going to be <laughs> it's going to Mace so hurtling to the ground off. with one oh, arm. Oh. Yeah, that's gonna be it. Him. He's just gonna be like, "I'm about to break a motherfucker." Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, and I'm gonna hate everything about it. <laughs> he's gonna hit the ground, Tim, and stop. And then he's just gonna get up. Oh hell no! <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. Anakin, 
You bitch. <laughs> oh, man. And or season two is confirmed and it's coming yeah. August of next year, which is a lot sooner than I thought it would. Now, granted, and or was originally supposed to come out in August last year and it came out in October. Yeah. So don't hold your breath on that one. But one way out. Um, We also saw there was a trailer for that, too. That they showed, which I was shocked that they were able to already have a trailer. So they're moving along quickly with that. Now, obviously, it's probably mostly from from completely unedited footage but oh yeah a lot of that was like just be be filled footage that they just threw together for sure there wasn't i didn't even think there was a lot of vfx that was in there so no what was what were your big takeaways from that one from andor um Mm -hmm. i mean like we've already like started talking about stuff like that because we saw like the the they were already filming in spain uh i mean like it's just it's gonna be the we've got this is gonna be the last season so this is gonna be the last 12 episodes and this is gonna bring us right to the doorsteps of uh rogue one so we're we know start, we're meeting K two this season. We're gonna K two S O. But it's gonna be it's just gonna be all of it. We're probably gonna see more about um, Project Starlight and we're Stardust. Stardust. We're gonna get Stardust more. Like we'll start hearing more whispers of the Death Star. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like it's just gonna be a lot of just continuing to build up that base that takes us to Rogue One. I'm excited. Yeah, for it. and we we saw again Mon Mothma's got a lot going on i think the the daughter was in what i would assume is a, a wedding well, situation I mean, they, yeah i mean like we know that she, they were getting ready to marry her off anyways yeah so um just confirming little stuff like that and mm-hmm. obviously we saw luthan in there too there was some new imperial characters also the way the the new imperial guy was narrating the trailer and so that everyone's fighting their own revolution mm-hmm. which was kind of the theme of the trailer um we saw ISB again. Yeah, that's that's another thing that I'm super excited for is for them to continue building up. They even mentioned ISB in today's episode for Mando, which I thought was great. So like giving more um, just contextual like visualization of the ISB and like what they're doing as far as like in the Empire. Because the ISB is really, really cool. And there's some really cool characters that have come out of the ISB. So hopefully we'll continue expanding on that. Yeah, same writers from season one, a few new directors, but they're bringing the old directors back from season one as well. Um, so, again, this is another one I think at D23 we'll get a little bit more information on in a more fleshed out uh, trailer because it seemed like, again, I was excited to see it, but at the same time, it felt like they just needed to get this out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, moving along. 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi will be in theaters April 28th. I cannot crazy. find a theater n- near us that has it. It doesn't surprise me, but it's still crazy to think that it was 40 years ago. Like, we're all like, I'm almost as old as Return of the Jedi. You're as old as Return of the Jedi. I am, I am as old as Return of the Jedi. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. The, the new Star poster Wars been around for that long. Ah, so good. I want dude. it. If you See. could, like, just kind of plant that next time you see my wife that thought in her head that i would i want that poster okay just plant it just like just the seed that's your that's your birthday present is that what you want sure okay i just want it i don't care when i get it i, I need to look it. at it i'm looking i'm looking for it right now i mean like the original oh return of the jedi poster i mean like looks so good it's in uh i think i put a link in there i was looking at the show notes i didn't see it but i'll i'll keep looking Oh, you know what? Scroll down on the main Volk page. It's down there. Ah. I accidentally linked the uh, the main page again. 
Yeah, looking. it's right under. Uh, oh my god, that looks so good. I told you. Oh my god, that's so good. I told wow, you. Wow, that is re- that's a really really good poster. Oh my god, that's well done. Wow. Okay. Yep. Make it two. We need two of those. That looks really right. good. They, I hope they do that for all four or all three of them. Have they do have they have they done have they rolled out like remade posters for the other ones? Because that is damn. Good. I don't know. I don't remember. But that damn one's it. just awesome. Yeah, that's a good one. Shit. Yeah, it's I don't want that. All right. I want that. High Republic Phase Three. No one was surprised that they announced this. No. The surprise was is we're going back to the timeline we were in in Phase One. Yay, which is what I wanted because it, it got so confusing. Yay, but the if you want to see that Drengary I was talking about, click on the link for it. Uh, it's the first picture. It's called the Night of Sorrow. Uh, and in the reflection of the Drengear's eyes are two Jedi. And Holy it's crap, that's terrifying. He looks like uh, Cthulhu. Right? Right? This feels like an evolved, like, Drengear Death Lord or something. Yeah, very visceral. So um, we're going back. So I'm assuming because the whole point of where we are now seems to be the leveler. I can't yes. really take anything else from it. Frankly, phase two has been boring. pretty dry. Yeah. Aside from the Iram and Arano wedding stuff, which now they've deviated from. It was one of the best like red scenes in Star Wars literature was the wedding itself. But after that, it's just kind of been like, Okay, now what? Yeah. I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say I'm starting not to care, but I'm losing interest. But I'm sticking to it. Um, so I, I'm not. I'm not really excited to listen to what is it? Convert not convergence. What's the next one? Cataclysm. Cataclysm. Have you started that one? I have because uh, the other tales, the Jedi Battle Scars book, yes, is a little too racy for Hunter. So when we're in the car listening to, oh, we listen I to Cataclysm. See. Yeah, Battle Scars, another one where I'm like, huh. And a lot of people have also felt that same way. They're like, I don't know why I needed to listen to this or read it. So, oh, yeah. Also, Marin's the main character, not Cal. Not which Cal, is, which is so strange. Yeah. Why call it Jedi Battle Scars then? You should have just made it a Marin book. They should have said Marin's Battle Scars. Uh, fine. Totally fine. <laughs> I we just... still would have read it and had the same exact reaction, but it shouldn't be called Jedi. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, so the titles for phase three, which start on October of 2023 and finish in March of 2024, keep in mind, this includes kids books and young adult novels. So this is not all big books. November is the eye of darkness. That sounds like it's Marky on row focused. Most definitely escape from Vallow, January, 2024 defy the storm. No release date temptation of the force the storm obviously will be nile again temptation of the force summer 2024 man tim that sounds like it's right up your alley it's gonna be some that's gonna be some edgy dark stuff also that was a typo it finishes in march 2025 yeah oh 2025 okay that makes more i was like that's a lot of books in a short amount of time uh trials of the jedi is spring 2025 into the light is release date undisclosed beware the nameless that's got Drengear written all over it. Do you think this is going to bring us to Acolyte? No, because Acolyte will have been out already. No, but I mean, like, do you think like it like by the end of of uh, Phase Three, it'll be a nice like let off point to go into Acolyte? 
there was an acolyte character on the on the character list that I saw that was in the novels. So okay, cool. I would assume it'll start to just bring these people to life. Kind of Venn diagram it. Yep. Uh, so beware the nameless. And then the last one is A Valiant Vow for spring 2025. Comic titles are um, Chronicles from the Occlusion Zone, uh-huh. October 2023. Uh, another High Republic series, 13 plus issues for December of 2023. And then a Dark Horse High Republic Adventures for December of 2023. Oh, wow. So um, I, I need to get back on the comics. I've been going to get in the comics. Those. Remember that, that you, you showed me a picture of what looks to be uh, some some ethereal being. Oh, that, that was from the terrifying. current timeline. The, the Star Weirds. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Was... I, was like, I just need to get back into the comics because that looks really, really interesting. Yeah, the Star Weirds. I think the Star Weirds are Dr. Afra. It's it's in the Doctor Afro stuff, so that's going on in the Skywalker saga. Yep. So that like yep. that looks sick. Um, cool. So we'll see. We're wrapping up uh, phase two. Uh, when we finish Cataclysm, Tim and I will talk about Cataclysm. Um, but right now the uh, the phase three starts at the end of this year in October. So I'm just cool. glad we're going back moving along visions volume two got a trailer uh looks awesome it's all all new all new studios i don't think any of this i think maybe two of the studios returned i thought they said it was all eight brand new studios that were is it all new okay i'm pretty sure all 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 new studios eight new studios i'm pretty sure in that trailer june yeah um we get claymation star wars which i was super excited for yeah that was shocking i was like oh man that was it's like chicken run that Sith in the beginning, that animation yes. reminded me of. Did you ever watch Love, Death, and Robots? No. But so I, Love, I, Death, and Robots is an, an anthology show. It's mm-hmm. kind of like Twilight Zone, where the episodes have nothing to do with each other. Sure. It's each same concept, each individual artist. There was an animation style in there that looks exactly like this uh, Sith that walks it, out in the beginning. This this animation style is also very much like Into the Spider Verse. It's that same yeah. that same style. Yeah. So uh, also that sith's lightsaber looks like a claymore and it's awesome mm-hmm. um is that call me crazy mm-hmm. but does that look like padme in the trailer it fights no and right at like 19 seconds the second part hold on the look there's claymation i don't see it at 19 seconds it's just, it's still the girl fighting the, the, oh, yeah, no, no, because when she pulls out farther, she pulls out her lightsaber, and that's her. Oh, I know, that was, it's Visions. I know, but I mean, like, it's not, but it's, Visions is different from I know, I'm, what I'm if. just being an ass. You are being an ass. Um, yeah, the claymation one was interesting. She's got a Do freaking think- katana, Kevin, like, her... Her her sword, her lightsaber, like this is going in. Like, this looks like it pulls off from Ronin. Like she's got a katana. Like it's got an arc to it. It could be it could be more Ronin like universe stuff. Did you the see same? the one with the the monks like walking? Yes, with red. There's also like this. Like I love the anime stuff that they've really pulled in like it's very manga-esque like it's very very cool i'm excited for all these all look really interesting very unique very fun uh there's it, one that like, visions was good but this is like this they just ramped up to 11. there's one that seems to have like an indian pakistani feel that you see a couple 
um, clips from. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alex actually posted a still of one of them, and it looks, you know, uh, like he's an inquisitor with two purge troopers next to him. Yeah, it's at um one twelve if you want to look. Uh, so yeah, it's just there's yeah, I see that. Oh yeah, they look just like purge troopers from uh. This is just fun. It's just like a fun playground. Yeah, just fun stuff you can throw around, which is really cool. So June said so, uh, all all of the episodes come out at the same. Also, there's a uh, Wookiee with a binky in its mouth. Um, oh, baby Wookiee. Um, so we will. Uh, wait, it says on May fourth. Yeah, it's May the fourth. I thought it was June. No, no, no. This comes out on May the fourth. So does the um, so does the new kid, um, animated stuff. Yeah, Young Jedi Adventure. Young Jedi Adventure comes out on May the fourth. It's it's May the fourth. It's gonna be packed, Kevin. Well, May the fourth be with us always uh so yeah we'll, we'll cover that because all those episodes drop that day um so we'll cover that on uh on may the 4th is it what day yeah. of the week is that uh that is next month a thursday a thursday so, we'll so be- just so you know you're probably getting like a thursday or friday episode that week chat you may just Girl get a special chat. special may the 4th episode we're gonna watch all of them live on Tim's Facebook channel. Uh, it's his yep, final yeah, Facebook stream. Watch, yeah, this will be my farewell <laughs> to the internet uh, as I get DMCA'd into the ground <laughs> and sued by the mouse. Hey, the force um, you. <laughs> uh, and then we got the uh, which no surprise here, but Bad Batch None. getting announced for its final season, season three, which makes a lot of sense. Kevin and I feel like we're saying that a lot through season two of like. This feels like there's not much left to talk about. They're kind of running out of ideas. Like all of season two felt like these just this run on of like uh, ancillary adventures that really had no type of connection to the main overarching story that we thought Bad Batch was trying to tell. So I really hope they clean that up in season three and we get to kind of just like give them a fond farewell. It's like, man, Bad Batch is really cool. They're all dead now. Like that's what's going to like. I feel like everyone's just either going to die or they're going to go live off in, in Pabu and just be happily you know, being clones there for forever. Bad Batch, the final season, tech returns. The vacation on Pabu. <laughs> it's just Game one episode of on summarizing. One episode of summarizing the story and then 15 episodes of them just doing stuff on Pabu. <laughs> Rackers on the beach. Oh, I love the beach. <laughs> Omega, let's go fishing. Yeah. Where's <laughs> the nude side of this beach, eh? <laughs> Hunter, get my back. Damn, it's time. Oh, shit. This is... This Star, is oh, Star Wars Celebrations is, is, is in Japan in 2025. We already mentioned that. That's it. That's all we got. Yeah. That's yeah, everything we're going, else. We're going to Tokyo. Actually, we're going to Mandalore right now. Woo! Oh, my God, Kevin. All right. So, very early on in this episode, we learn that the spy is uh, on Coruscant. Uh, TK, I forget what they said their name was. TK, whatever. TK, bitch face. That's the one. That's her. Uh, is in fact working for Gideon. No shit. You, you what? No way, Kevin. Gideon escaped uh, the New Republic trial. What? Is this where Kevin says I was right, and he had an entire fleet of Imperial Mandalorians just sitting there on Mandalore? Okay, can we talk about that for a second? If they were Imperial Mandalorians, they they are out of oh, practice. They were not. They were not Imperial Mandalorians. No, they were. They were they troopers. Were, they were basic ass troopers inside inside Beskar armor. <laughs> They were troopers, like trying to be Mandalorians. Those were yeah. not Mandos. They got yeah. cut up. But we'll get we'll get to that point in a second. So so we know that Gideon never made it to trial. 
we know that that bitch face was was working for him the entire time, which we knew because Doctor she melt as soon as she melted Doctor Pershing's brain. I think we all kind of knew it was like ah, she is evil from the get go. We then find out that but that we 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 get everybody on uh, uh to the what's what's the planet we're on uh, Navarro. So we get all the Mandalorians to Navarro, which Bo's fleet looks awesome. Like before that, what I miss. Gideon talking to a bunch of other people from... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. The yep. Shadow Council. We want to talk about the Shadow Council now. Okay. Um, if you read the Aftermath books, you know what's happening here. Yes. And you know some of those people in that conversation. And this is what Kevin and I have been talking about for like two years now. But God damn it, there's no Sloan because I forgot she left and she's on Jakku right now. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Because I'm like, oh, they're going to show Sloan. And I'm like, no, no, they're not. No, she's gone. She left. You have to play Squadron. If you play mm. Squadron, you know what's going on. And if you read Aftermath, you even know you know even more what's going on. So we meet Commandant Hux, who is General Hux from the sequel series' his father. It's his daddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't sound like Mark portrayed him in Aftermath. Well, so I, mean, I like, think they're going yeah. a little bit of a different direction with the character. That doesn't yeah. matter. I don't care. And Mark has said it's usually his responsibility to make up the voice on the spot. So uh-huh. he says, my goal is to make them sound different, not necessarily what they're going to sound like if it's not an established character. So completely fine. But we do meet Commandant Hux, yes. who is kind of an ass. Yes. I also want to know if that's Commandant Hux moving forward. How does that guy get so much tail? Because all they talk about is how he's like a philandering and cheats on his wife and has like bastard children and stuff. He's not that good looking, Tim. No, but I mean, like, I think they kind of nailed the look, though, because if you look at Hux, the guy mm-hmm. from Harry, the guy who plays in Harry Potter, um, yeah. he looks like he looks very close, like they could be related. And he seems yeah. to be more of a logistics kind of guy right now, as far as like, he's like, oh, you give me orders and I send you stuff that you need. So uh, but now we now we fully understand where those bombers and where the tie interceptors came from. And why they were able to why they were able to get to Bo's palace so quickly. Right. And they um, were there, they were there the whole time, which is just crazy to think about. Yeah, but they they which I thought was really interesting. And this is the part again where I get really confused with the writing in Aftermath, the writing of the new Thrawn books, and then also the Heir to the Empire storyline. Is that these the Shadow Council, they are very much so full of themselves. They are very much so like you know, um, if we it, like, th- there's no way that they're going to get onto us as long as we play safe. You know, we need to continue making it seem like we're just a bunch of just isolated warmongers um, that we aren't really trying to rebuild the empire. Which I thought was really cool that they like they 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 laid that out like that, like they did in Aftermath very well. Of like, you've got all of these admirals and whatnot that are the I mean, moffs that they're all kind of off doing their own thing, but they're all doing it together at the same time. It's very coordinated. Uh, yes. But this is the part where I get really confused is that they are waiting for Thrawn. And they talk about that at the end of Aftermath. I mean, they're like, we'll go out to oh. where they think Thrawn is. Because for some reason, and this is the part where I just don't understand. At the, in, in the Thrawn books, if you read the, the new trilogy, not, not, the, um, not the one about the, uh, the Ascendancy, but the actual, like, when Thrawn comes into the Empire... If you read those books, all of the admirals, all of the higher-ups, they all hate Thrawn. They, they see him as a threat. They don't respect him. They try to get him out of the Navy multiple times. And every time they try to out him, he continues to progress up the ranks. 
So he, he, why is now the point at which they think he is a savior? Whereas before they hated him. There was an emperor before the emperor has fallen. I'm sure that has them all shook to the core because the emperor was supposed to be infallible. Vader's gone. I think I, do they know they don't know what happened to Vader, right? Vader just no, they know that he died. They they assume he died on Death Star too. In the Death Star, so Vader's gone and Palpatine's gone. Who was next in line? Essentially, it was Thrawn. So but they all point, hated him. That's the, but that's still they can my still issue. hate him. But they can still hate him. But he's their best option to stay alive. Because they know if they go back to the Republic, they're going to get prosecuted for but war they crimes. Even, but they even said, they even said that the people, the, the, we have sympathizers everywhere. They're already tired of the New Republic. And that was definitely made clear power. because the New Republic, all that they do is that they essentially just, they, they copy the, uh, the Empire, but they just, with a new coat of paint. You know, it's all smiles instead of, instead of angry faces, but it's still the Empire. Right, right. and it's, it's, you know, all the fascist principles that the empire represents are still prevalent there but the biggest thing is, is that thrawn is their best chance at survival and the best chance at survival of the empire so even if you don't like the guy you probably should follow him because he's a master tactician he's the best hope you have of regaining control and then you can worry about who's going to be in charge that's just, the way i see it i want to know and, and hopefully we get this cleared up in ahsoka with a with like a flashback or something but how did how did he he go from losing everything to then all of a sudden becoming you know this whisper that everybody knows is going to come back but gideon even calls him out on that they're like you're waiting all this time for thrawn to show up and where is he why isn't he a part of the shadow council so it's a big question mark still and thrawn is probably gonna be the one that kills gideon um that would be that would be intense you know he's gonna do it uh so when when it comes to thrawn too you have to remember is that thrawn he's always four steps ahead of everybody always so he knows that they're all squabbling and who doesn't like him and who, because if he has spies in the Republic, you don't think he has spies with each and every one of these moths, admirals, and commanders? Like, come on. Thrawn knows exactly what's going on. He knows the conversations that are taking place. He knows who's going to support him. He knows who he can use to his end means. And if his end means is serving the Chiss in whatever way, shape, or form he needs to, and this all means that the Chiss is coming into the Star Wars anime or the Star Wars universe, Great, cool, awesome. But that is why they will follow him is because he is their best chance at regaining control of the universe of the galaxy. Yeah, I just I'm, I'm I'm really curious to see is is Ahsoka going to be the introduction of like the Grisk? You know, as like is I still I still fervently believe that Thrawn is is accumulating all this wealth and power to fight the Grisk, and so like that's really what I hope this all culminates to is that like the antithesis of Ahsoka will be the introduction of the Grisk empire. And what does Thrawn and like, how do we go about fighting them off? Because like they're, they're a huge piece that isn't in any of the cinematic stuff, but it's very heavy in, in literature. And so like, I really, really hope that we get to see them because they, that we, we constantly talk about Yuzon Vong and Grisk and stuff. It's just like, that's, that's going to be a really, really cool part. And it makes a lot of sense with what he's doing. Um, but yeah, Thrawn was very, was a big, heavy piece, but I'm really surprised they didn't show him. They are still holding on to that chip. We'll see, but that's what we get from that opening scene. And again, this is what I mean by the link between the new Republic and the end of episode six. Like we're starting to, everything is starting to like weave together. And I guess that's what Filoni's answer. 
Oh my god! And they just know what that is? Yeah, no. Project Necromancer is bringing the is bring is is after Snoke. Yeah, it's it's Snoke. It's it's after it's after uh what was the uh Operation Inferno when they when they go and they they burn everything to the ground. Oh, burning Kanye. Operation Cinder. That was what it was called. Operation Cinder. And then after that, now we have Project Necromancer, which would make sense. You kill everything and then you raise it from the dead, uh, right. which is pretty so, sick. Project Necromancer to me means Snoke. I Most think definitely. Other, the only other thing it could mean is what. Um, oh my God, what's his name? Hemlock was working on, which would be the Death Troopers. But at this point, the Death Troopers have already been established, so I don't really see it. Necromancer right. to me literally means like zombies. That's Snoke. The way yeah, trying to some... reanimate, which means that they all know. I don't. I, so here's the other issue that I have with this, though, is that so when he walks through the the doors and you see the, the you see the the, the Beskar armored stormtroopers, and then you go farther, and then you've got the Vats of the dark stuff that's in like we just it's just silhouettes we don't know what's in those vats but that's the stuff that was on navarro that he moved to mandalore mandalore which is still mind-blowing to me that he built an entire complex in mandalore and nobody knew about it but that's how oh, he yeah. was able to do his that's how he was able to go to concordia and yeah. and bomb katie to the ground so yeah, that's just it's just nuts. That, like how like how all of this was like under their noses the entire time. But I would love to know is the stuff in the vat is that a part of ne- of, of Necromancer or is that a part of his Dark Trooper program? Because like yeah, like, like he's now coming out. I was like, I have the perfect Dark Trooper now. It's all made out of best car, and I'm inside of I mean, it. So the highest we got in Legends was Phase Three, which is the Dark Troopers we saw in Last Siege of Mandalorian. He's saying he basically achieved Phase Four, but now Phase Four is going to be piloted by Organic. Am I wrong? So that no, no, you're right, and that's what I'm thinking. The, what those vats are for? I'm thinking the dead shit. I think Necromancer is bringing zombies. It's bringing all the dead guys, and you're putting them inside the Dark Trooper armor. So, which goes back to a few things. One, the Death Trooper idea that we can create zombies who will, you know, that could have been phase one of that, and this could be the next phase of it. Oh the my God! Thing- do you think? Do you think season three of the Bad Batch is going to be all is 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 Hemlock? pulling up v1 of the death trooper program and if that's yeah. how it's going to connect it Ooh, i love that there's, there's about a 20 year gap there so it would yes, make perfect it, sense i love that because it takes the snoke part out and i've never liked that but it also leads to what we said about remember the halloween thing the project blackhawk that we looked up and it is canon uh-huh. which is the stormtrooper virus that breaks out this to me this sounds like it's all yeah. connected and i just got to the part i don't know if you're up to this battle scars where Marin raises the I haven't gotten uh, to that part yet. Uh-uh. Okay, so she she does the thing that she does. Yeah, she does um, evil magic. Sick. So, you know, Star Wars is very, very into necromancy. So uh, let's just ride that way. Whether it's scientific or it's magical. Like, hey, we like we're bringing I'm the dead back. Zombies. So it, it could all be connected at the end of the day. And it could all lead to what Snoke is. Which would make Snoke a much more interesting character. Yes. Um so uh and lead to where where and again what is the ultimate goal tim at the end of all of this obviously is to resurrect our our emperor and make sure that his spirit has a host and we know how that ends is they cannot build a physical corporeal form to house his essence because he's so seeped in the force and the dark side that it just can't handle it which is why we get like spider crawly weird back brace emperor palpatine in episode nine (laughs) yeah um 
so yeah, that's what's happening with uh, the Imperials. Um, and Gideon continues to be an asshole. And again, even if Thrawn doesn't kill him, Tim, he's going to put him in his place. Almost definitely. Minimum. If 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 he doesn't die by like Bo Katan's hand or like or Din's hand, I think Thrawn's going to show. I mean, like, I feel like it would be right for one of the Mandalorians to end up taking him out because of all of the shit that he's put those people through. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think season three uh, or season four of Mando is going to be really interesting. And we know that Mando is coming to an end as well. That was confirmed during Celebration. They're like, this is also going to come to an end because of, of Filoni's movie that he's, he's bringing uh, to the table. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see how they kind of wrap all this story up. And an end doesn't mean an end to the story. It means an end to the no. series. Like all these Correct. characters exist in this universe. We're not right. losing them. We're just moving on to the next part of the story. So yep. I'm fine with four... I'm fine with season four being the end of Mandalorian. If that's the case, like I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Cause we'll just move on the next story. We have to tell um, last thing on the, on the, the empire stuff. My theory since next week is the last episode is that the um, Gideon will lose the battle on Mandalore. They will retake Mandalore. We won't see them rebuilding or anything yet. We'll no. just, you know, like flag in the ground. So like I, I said, a few weeks ago, the Iwo Jima moment where it's like, yes. God, we did it. Yeah. Um, now, the scene after the credits, I think, will be Thrawn putting uh, Gideon in his place. And that is why they did not want us to see his face at Celebration. Yeah. Was because that's the big reveal. And they'll say, see the next part of this story or the next chapter or whatever comes in Ahsoka of Tor or see Grand Admiral Thrawn again. And uh, like, again, oh. what we said, what we said a few weeks ago, Tim, was yeah. the Thanos, like, fine, I'll do it myself. Yeah. Like that is going to be it, and it's going to be either on comms, whatever it may be, but it's going to be Gideon. It's going to be one of the the second time we've ever seen him scared. Is going to be Grand Admiral Thrawn addressing him because, like, you or said, he's going to be was, dead, and Huck shows up and he's like, "Sir Moff Gideon's dead," something like that. But yeah. like Thrawn at the end of the day is going Most to be definitely. Oh yeah, for the, sure. The There's no way reveal. they don't. They need that hook. They they have yet to really truly hook us outside of the trailer. How funny would it be if they stole Thanos's line directly and he's like, "Fine, I'll do it." My <laughs> I, I I need that for you because you want that so badly. I don't care. <laughs> no, he needs it. Please, Dave, make it happen real quick. I don't care. Anyway, so Mandalorian fleet, like you were talking about, um, just the way they who does the paint job? Droids? I don't know. I was thinking about that too. I was like, who gets underneath that that light cruiser and paints the Mandalorian logo on it? That must have taken forever. It took a lot longer for a fight to break out between the two of them than I anticipated. Yeah, but I'm glad it happened. Yes, and Groger's new uh uh Yes. No, <laughs> no, 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 yes, yes. It was so funny. I couldn't stop Hunter laughing. Hunter was laughing so hard. He was like belly laughing at it. And but you know that's again, once again, they nailed it because that's what a child in that situation that's what would toddlers do. Toddlers do. Walking down the street in Navarro. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. I, and I, I, I was like, turn it off. I literally yelled at the screen. I said, Grogu, stop. <laughs> Tyler, and then Tyler's just laughing. Grabbing the fruit and like, uh -huh. I'm like, oh, this is exactly what would happen if you gave a child a toy of this magnitude. Yeah. Now, I am a little sad that IG-11 isn't back, but IG-12 is just like a... a He's a fun a, upgrade. A vehicle is hilarious. And you know, it was just a plot device. Like, how do we get Grogu to keep up with them the entire time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you couldn't have his little pod just chasing behind him. No, it wouldn't have worked in that scenario. So they needed to do. Uh, and then they had a very good moment with Axe Wolves and um, Paz. When you no, no, 
no, no. <laughs> so uh, it was good. Um, knowing that there's Mandalorians on Mandalore that survived. That was crazy. I wasn't ready for that. That was wild. I did not expect that. But now, I love the their ship, ship up, they had, though. That was so cool. I said, when the ship pulled up, I said, this is either Hondo's intro or That's these what are Mandalorians. I so, um, but the, obviously they went to Mandalorian route. It made more sense. We finally understand how it all went down makes a lot i'm kind of happy it wasn't a flashback because it was pretty simple to just explain it rather than provide us with a flashback but essentially we learned that Bo gave up the dark saber in surrender to mandalore to save her people now you can see the conflict of in everyone's eyes the night owls already knew this which is why they left her in the first place um Everyone else was surprised and conflicted because on the one hand, did she do the right thing? But on the other hand, the creed is is no surrender. You're right. not supposed to surrender as per creed. So it's like. But she wanted to save her people. Like, I mean, like she did the right thing. I, I like she did the right thing and the right. And, and just unfortunately, it was not respected by the other party. Um, but you know, the children of the watch are sitting there like, well, this is why we abide by the creed. No surrender. Mm-hmm. Right. But I mean, like, she's also human, you know, like, and that's exactly. the, and that's the issue is like, she was a leader and she's also Mandalorian. And, and when you are in charge of so many people and you don't want to see them die, children and, and non-combatants and all those things, it's a real world thing that you, you know, people are thinking about, you know, like, you know, trying to, trying to, to surrender to, to save as many as you can. And still it doesn't work out for you. Like that's gotta be as, as someone like now, now I can start to understand really why she had all of these these feelings towards the Mandalorian because she felt like she she disgraced them. She thought that you know that they thought that she had given up on them. Where at, the, at really truly she paid the ultimate sacrifice. She gave up everything, everything, everything that was hers to save her people, and it was thankless. No one, no one said, "Hey, thanks for trying." You know, like I know it sucked, but you know you did your best. No, everyone gave her shit and left her. So, like, for her moping around, now I understand the mopey Bo-Katan. Like, it makes yep. so much more sense. But I love when, they, when, when she shows up and they're like, is that, the, is that the voice of Lady Bo? Like, I thought that was so cool that, like, her people still respected her. And then Din giving her an oath, like, giving her, a, like, saying, I, I, will, I will serve you until your song is written. Until you die, I will serve you. That was crazy. That was a big moment for our, yep. our, our hero the antagonist uh, or the, the the protagonist of this story has now become not the main character of our story. No, and, and we've and talked that- about that before, Kevin. We have said that the that the Mandalorian is not just Din Jaren. Nope. That this nope. show is about all Mandalorians. And so yep. for for the main character, the person that we've been following for two seasons is now taking a back seat. And that uh, that moment was poignant because he, when they were describing what was important to them, what did they say about the watch? They said that honor, honor, that is their main he thing. He said your each honor, tribe your is, character. And each, but each tribe is going to answer that question differently. And the watch sure. answered with honor. And that is what Paz did at the end. He's like, no, I'm not. We're not going through this again. Get out of here. You're like, that was the vibe I got from him. Like, you're Mandalore. You need to leave our people. My life is expendable. Boom, door shut. <laughs> it was, it was very, this, this, this episode, it, it leans very heavy into where uh, Lucas got his inspiration for Star Wars. It was Western and Samurai. 
This was yep. very, very heavy on the Eastern influence on Star Wars. This was very samurai-esque in, in the sense of sacrifice and honor. Um, even just like just some of like the settings, it kind of had that like that Eastern kind of, of vibe to it. Very Japanese, um, like the ship, like the ship ha- it just had like the Oriental vibe to it. Um, and I just the, really, really enjoyed all, all those, these, the, the tones that they used. I was super excited when I saw all of the, the jetpacks flying in the distance. Yeah. I, was like, I was right. I was right. I was right. And then I saw them fighting for like three minutes. I was they like, sucked no, ass. this is just troopers wearing Beskar armor with jetpacks and ropes. Because if they come out and they're like, no, those are Imperial Mandos, and be like, those, those they need to no. go back to school. <laughs> yeah. They are not. That is not that. What were they called? Super Commandos and Rebels? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not. No, no, those guys were not Mandalorian. Um, I think it, I think that point when they're like, oh, they're using Beskar, that goes back to the, they stripped our planet. And right. they, and they stripped Gideon. the planet of all the all of the Beskar. They took all of the the leftover Beskar armor from all the Mandalorians that they killed. They melted it down and made all of that. I think Gideon's goal is to like almost make his own little Mandalorian culture and he's, then suck up whatever he has left of of the people of Mandalore. He's um, got a hard on for that planet for sure. Yeah, because it's rich in resources, like he said. Obviously, he's still harvesting them if he's still there. Um, and the other moths and, and admirals and whatnot are none the wiser because it's mm-hmm. his system. He can do whatever he wants. Yep. So, um, yeah, I think, I think he's trying to emulate them because of who they are and what their culture is. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you're, ne- you're never going to be that. Um, I mean, Paz proved that he took down half of your army and it took three Praetorian guards to show up to take him out, which was awesome. It was so awesome. These guys just, you knew they were out. coming though. Oh, well, you knew they were coming. He ordered. He asked for them in the he asked during for the shadow three council Praetorians, meeting. and then he mows through everybody. And you're like, "Oh, that was easy." And then these guys show up. I was like, "Here they!" I, I before they even showed up, I was like, "The Praetorians are going to be the one that take them out." And then, boom, they walked out. I was like, "Oh, he is beyond and screwed they right now." Awesome. In Legends, can I don't know if it's it's in in canon canon, but in Legends. They train on um back in the day on Malachor Five in the Sith temples. Oh shit, that's cool! And it's like this crazy training that involves like mental manipulation and all of this stuff. That's why they're just sworn servants of of whoever the emperor is at that time. But I guess they're getting passed around like a piece of meat right now because there is no leader. <laughs> yeah, the elite so Praetorian. So this is just pulled off from Wikipedia uh, from from fandom actually. Uh, they only have a canon entry. They don't have the EU, but it's just the elite Praetorian Guard were highly trained elite personal bodyguards that protected the Supreme Leader of the First Order, Snoke. Yeah, so they don't even have the red. So the Praetorians, the first time we actually see them in canon is when we see them in episode eight. So yeah, for them to Snoke. come with Snoke, right. And so like, there's nothing outside of the Praetorian Guards other than, let's see, did well, they say where they were trained? They're an offshoot of the Imperial cards at the end of the day. Right, exactly. That we see you see in episode six, but like these guys are intense. And three and clone wars. We see them in all of them. Because they're the ones three? that they're at the end of three. Uh remember Yoda does that and they both drop to the ground. Oh, you're right. But those guys weren't badass. Those were just like those were just like they were no, just those guards. Are, they those didn't are, see Yeah, they just didn't seem like badass like it's also Yoda. That's true. Um, and then they're also the ones who guard Palpatine in the blue armor throughout Clone Wars. It's them. Yes, they just yes. change over to the Empire mm. Imperial Guards in, in 
the later ones and then the praetorians are born later True. um which the praetorians look cooler don't at me um they do sorry they're cooler and they have cooler weapons um so yeah i guess then the question becomes we're getting a space battle next week yes oh yeah it's going to be a big space battle Gideon doesn't really have a ship anymore because they have his ship. Yeah. So is it just going to be a Star Destroyer and all of the Mandalorian light cruisers versus, or not cruisers, whatever they are, versus a bunch of bombers and TIE well, fighters? I mean, like, we don't know. We don't know if he has another ship, you know, because that was, true. he might actually have a Star Destroyer, but he, like, he might have lost his light cruiser, but a Star Destroyer showing up is definitely not out of the question. Um, I mean, like, if we want a Star Destroyer showing up, I mean, if we want Thrawn's Chimera to show up, I mean, like, it's. But at the same time, the bridge that we see in the Ahsoka trailer is definitely not the bridge of the Chimera. Chimera. So, like, I, I don't know. I have no idea. But I don't think the Chimera is destroyed. I think the Chimera, the Chimera is still there. Do we ever see it after Rebels? Not that I've seen it. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't know. I'm very intrigued. But I mean, like, Thrawn could show up at the last episode. We also we 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 were Ahsoka is supposed to show up, right? We think we're not sure. Right, that was there was a nod that Ahsoka could show up, or like there was there was a rumor that she's supposed to show up in one of the final episodes of Mando. So, Paul, is there a runtime for next week's episode yet? Can you look that up? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, Hux could show up, like. There's Anyone a lot of, from the Shadow Council. The Shadow Council could just show up. I mean, like, he might... I don't know. I really don't know. Because we've got we've got Moff Gideon in this dark trooper armor. It's all made out of Beskar. It's, it, it is, it's robotic. It's an exoskeleton. Um, so he's kind of become, in, like, invulnerable. Like, he's kind of... He's, he's the super bad boss at the end. Like, right? If we we're going to video game this. Like, he is definitely the final boss battle at the end of next week's episode. Um, but it's like, how do we, how do we get there? Like what, what is everyone going to fight against to kind of get to that last scene? Did you notice his helmet has the same horns that the armor? I noticed that dude. I noticed that so quickly and I'm so torn. I don't know what that means. I mean, it could go back to what the theory is that the armor is Rook and she still serves the empire. I don't know, dude. I mean, like, I was so what I was waiting for. Did, was she, I would hate that because of everything the armor has done to unite Mandalore. It would make no sense. And if the whole point was like, oh, I just want to get you all in one place so we could kill you, I would not. That would kind of kill a lot but, for me. I, I agree with you, but I mean, like, maybe that was the plan all along was that Gideon needed an agent to bring all of the Mandalorians together to then bring them to one place so he could have the ultimate extinction. Like, that's the, like, I mean, like, that could work out really, really well, but I did notice the horns, but they did, they did mention Death Watch multiple times in this episode, and so I, what, I wonder if that is a nod, his helmet is a nod actually to Death Watch and to the way that Maul's forces looked before that, before they fell to the clones. It could just be an aesthetic choice, too. It could be, it just really shows evil Mandalorian when they have the, the horns like that. Not even that, but the juxtaposition between the armor who's on the side of sure. her people versus him who's trying to emulate them and, and create this whole, you know, other Mandalorian society. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll. I wonder, too, if the troopers, like, took, a, took training to, like, fight like Mandalorians, but they just 
you're yeah. you're not Mandalorian, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold it. on to that they were just reserve troopers that just got thrown into Mandalorian armor because they were using the the ropes and all the other stuff, the cables and, and they were stuff just getting well. shot out of the air though. I mean, like they were oh, like hand to hand combat, they massacred. were getting destroyed. So I mean, like it was it, it was it was kind of silly to watch them just get torn through. Like it really it really did just look like flying stormtroopers. Yeah. Even though they had Beskar armor, like they were still getting punched through the soft spots. Like it was it the the, the Mandalorian, even the like the night owls and the 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 um the children of the watch, like they were they were far more trained than those guys ever were. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a great episode. I mean, like from start to finish, there was so much stuff. I think just the Shadow Council alone was so important to the overall just development of this story because like we've been saying for the last couple of years if you want to start learning what happens with the empire and the new republic and everything that happens after episode six you've got to read the aftermath books because this paints like a, a beautiful picture to take us into what they're doing in in the mandalorian yeah i'm excited yeah. i'm just like it yeah. is so cool to see this all hit the screen and we know that a lot of again we don't if they all know a project if project necromancer is what we said it is then that means they all know but we know that at least some of them know what's going on on jakku especially the one guy who's the one guy that's like the the sith loving one you know what i'm talking about it's been a while but yeah, yeah, yeah him i didn't again i don't know who's who i'm sure alex by noon will have figured out each person's name background and co coordinated them to aftermath so i'll wait mm -hmm. for star wars explained to put that out um but uh you know the knowledge that now again i, I just want to know what project necromancer is because then yeah. we can kind of continue to theorize but the knowledge of of what they're trying to do for the emperor being out there like that and if it was top secret, why would they say it in front of the entire council was my other thing? I mean, like, those are some of the highest officials that are they left. They are the highest. And so, I mean, like, that's, that's, that is it when it comes to the Empire. When it comes to the leadership of the Empire, like, that is it. So, for them, see, that's the crazy part, too, is because Operation Cinder was designed in a way to create the idea that the Emperor still lived. Like, those, like, those, um, those uh, the cyborgs that had, like, the Emperor's face those were all designed to kind of like trick people into thinking that the emperor was still alive. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm, I'm very, I'm very confused as to like why, like they tricked all these leaders into thinking that he was still alive. And then now they're talking about necromancer. So it, it will be very interesting to see, like, is that really the, the cloning project that brings forth Snoke? And, or is it really just some, is it really going to be like the death, the, the death troopers? I really hope it's like I really hope it's like the Death Trooper stuff. I really hope we start getting into like zombies and like and that. That's gonna be really really cool. But I think I think you're right though, Kevin. I think it ties into Clone Wars. I think it ties into Bad Batch. I think that's mm -hmm. really gonna help usher all that stuff in because then we we have the basis. We have, we understand where it came from now. We're getting so close. We're so <sighs> close between Pershing and Hemlock. Like we are about to have like all of those answers. And create some new questions, I'm assuming. Because did you hear what he said where they were talking about Pershing? Is like his his studies and his research was lost for now. Yeah. So it's still out there somewhere. Yeah. And we oh. know he's not dead, so. Well, we don't. We assume he's dead. Or just fried. 
Yeah. They might just be drooling in a corner somewhere. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. They could just cut his brain out and put it in a droid and try and figure things out from there. <laughs> in Star Wars, that could happen. <laughs> it can happen. It does happen. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see how that, unless he's like brain dead, that also could be the problem. That's what I'm thinking. I think he's just drooling in a corner. Um. Well, that concludes our two-hour episode. Of oh, my Star God. <laughs> hey, you know what? Sometimes you just got to have a special, and this was was so much Star Wars, dude. Star Wars Christmas, we couldn't not. So, um, thank you if you if you hung out for the whole ride. We appreciate you. Uh, We we went over everything. We'll be back next week for the conclusion of season three of The Mandalorian (sighs) on Disney Plus. Um, And then uh, I think the next big touch point for us is let's let's Survivor. uh yeah survivor and may the fourth week so um we'll let you know about the episodes with visions and everything um we might want to change that release date i will say this tim and i are taking the week of the 24th off so we there will be no episode that week so we'll be back for the conclusion next week tim and i are off uh the week survivor comes out essentially um so there'll be no episode that week and then we'll be back uh for the first week of may for an episode so we're taking a week off it's been a few months since we've taken time off um and then in between shows tim and i are just going to try and take a week off every so often just to you know make sure we're not overdoing it and uh, Mm -hmm. getting you all the best star wars news we possibly can and 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 packing these episodes but again we thank you so much for your support make sure you go hang out with tim tim what are you playing today enlisted uh we'll find out kevin but we've been playing we've played a lot of free-to-play games world war ii has been the theme on the channel so it's been super fun so come hang out fb.gg forward slash darkness 429 it's darkness 429 everywhere you can follow kevin on instagram on twitter he's kmagic101 or kevin x vision on all the places or you can go check him out on raredrop.co for all the cool stuff we do at raredrop gcxevent.com all the stuff that gcx is essentially kevin's brainchild with along with mindy and all the other amazing people we have at the GCX team. So uh big thank you to to you guys for just crushing it. It's gonna be an exciting year. GCXevent.com for all GCX news. Am I missing anything? Uh that it's just rate, review, subscribe on all the Star Wars episodes. Uh if you want to follow us for Star Wars Scotch everywhere, all platforms. Um uh and thank you for all the new followers on TikTok, by the way. Uh, nice. Nice to meet you. Hey. Uh but uh we will see you next week for the conclusion of Mandalorian. And until then May the force be with you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.